0: Hi, welcome to Sweetman Podcast, we're up to episode 93, I'm Simon Sweetman, I'm your host and um, as always I want to thank Yesti Boys, uh, Tea Leaf Tea and Le Petit Chocolat, this is a conversation with a guy called Vaughan Colgan, he plays in a band called Vaughan, uh, uses his name as the as, as whatever he's doing, he plays as a solo artist and, and, and is, has a full band and um Reckons he's still looking for a new name beyond Vaughan, but it's always been called Vaughan, or Vaughan and the something or other. Uh, I've known Vaughan for a few years, um, seen him busk, seen him play his solo shows, and seen him fill in with a variety of um, bands and play in a variety of contexts. He's uh, something of a self-taught multi-instrumentalist and a singer-songwriter. And um, so we have a chat about where he came from, what he's doing, why he's doing it. Um, we get into some pretty cool stuff in this conversation. We talk about, uh, you know, musical influences and the whole and the whole sort of um, how you how you uh, how you become influenced by things and and looking wider. And we talk about um, something that I, I I feel very strongly about and enjoy talking about, which is the. The um, reality of needing and having a day job, and 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 then that giving you an actual freedom to, um, you know, it's not selling out. That's a that's a smart move. It gives you a freedom to work on your creative stuff in your spare time. Um, yeah, Vaughan's uh, a, f- a funny guy, an in- interesting guy, an intelligent guy, a really great songwriter, a really uh, great musician, and um, we talk about his many projects, um, but also uh, around that is a brand new thing that he has done with the band, which um, is an album that you can only get by watching a YouTube clip. So it's basically a live performance on YouTube, but it's album length. Um, I'll include a a link to that in the notes of this podcast so you can check that out. And I believe the band are just starting to do some shows where they're performing that piece live. It's it's kind of like... a set of grooves and uh, you know, I guess they're songs but um, it's it's one whole long piece so um, yeah interesting chat with Vaughn um, hope you enjoy it and um, check out his music um, the links will be there He's uh, if you haven't heard him before he's well worth checking out so this is me talking with Vaughn Colgan
1: Safe word is okay, okay,
0: okay so because I'm trying to think back I, I feel like the first time I saw you perform and possibly met you was many years ago at, at um uh happy at um very late at night and what i thought was some sort of impromptu type session between you and chris palmer
1: oh yeah where you right. were
0: essentially um entertaining a small crowd and 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 what was kind of close to like a busking capacity
1: you know yeah that was poncho pilates right um, that was the name of that. Group. Of that duo. That's got the best origin story of mm. any band I've ever been in.
0: Mm.
1: Um, I didn't know Chris at all. Right. Um, I know he's a, he was a bit of a man about Wellington, he but I didn't
0: played know. in um, yeah. yeah, like several. Well, I used to flat with him, so I, knew, I mean, I knew Chris
1: well, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, and um, we were double booked at Mighty Mighty for a, it. It was just a low key gig. It was some. It was someone else's party like a uh it wasn't a work thing but maybe it was like a theater group or something mm-hmm. and they just wanted music to drink cocktails too yeah, and yeah it, sort of late afternoon early evening it wasn't yeah. like a proper gig and someone had rung me up and offered me 50 bucks to play for an hour and someone had rung chris up <laughs> and offered him 50 bucks to play for an hour and we sort of could both really use the 50 bucks yeah and yeah <laughs>
0: Chris did you have to split it was it going to be 25 now or? well we didn't know what, we <laughs> you didn't can still know what really to use do. It, it was right really now. awkward
1: like, we didn't know each other mm, mm. Um, and so we're at the bar neither of us wanting to say just let me do the gig I've been booked and you know yeah. neither of us wanting to say oh you can have the $50 and then Chris just said shall we have a tequila and I was like yeah let's let's do that that'll help yeah. So we had a couple of tequilas and we we're out in the smoking area at the Mighty and he was just like, we could just play together. We're both booked. Yeah. Yeah. What do you play? And I was like, I don't know, what do you play? And we just went up on this, we had 10 minutes at that stage, we just went up on yeah. the stage and said, does anyone have any requests? Yeah. And he's got this ridiculous back catalogue and I've got yeah. all the stuff that I used to do busking. Yeah. So between us... We were just kind of able to mug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Surprising amounts of stuff. So I saw
0: you guys. I mean, like I knew Chris, right. and so when I saw you guys perform, I just went, and I, you know, didn't know any of that, but I just, mm. I just went, oh yeah, these guys are obviously like, you, you both got this kind of jukebox capacity. Don't- yeah Different but complimentary Yeah And you know It was pretty easy to spot that, that time I saw you play So I just thought Oh yeah You guys have found Each other somehow
1: Yeah, um, yeah But that's
0: brilliant To know that it was so That kind of spontaneous And that un- Yeah That
1: unplanned And the great I mean after we We both ended up We got 50 bucks each Yeah Because they thought We were a band You know Yeah And it yeah. was after um, We went off For coming And who was running The bar that night It was like Oh what are you guys called Yeah And Chris just goes Poncho Pilates That was how the band Was named <laughs> It was, Um yeah so that so was you really went, cool and so then you we had went a, on
0: to perform as that more than once we
1: did like four gigs yeah. or so and yeah. the agreement was that we would never speak yeah so we only ever met each other <laughs> on stage <laughs> you like literally we wouldn't yeah. re- wouldn't rehearse we wouldn't even like hang yeah. out or anything yeah. so then but we would get booked for gigs occasionally mm. so it'd just be like Poncho Pilates has a gig oh yeah. good I'll, I'll see Chris yeah um yeah. Okay, so that was that was my very first, yeah, um,
0: introduction to to you and your and your mu- you playing music at all. Mm. Uh, and so then I think it's a year or two after that I sort of find one of your CDs and then and then a couple more from there and so on. But let's go let's go all the way back. So we because where did um, you grow up and when did you first? What what happened
1: that with music that impacted you? So I grew up in Taranaki. I was actually born in um, born in Tauranga. I Spent my first five years in mm. Mount, Mount Mangonui and um, moved to Taranaki when I was five or six and lived out in the country. Um, and I. Guess I mean, I started doing keyboard lessons when I was like four years old. I actually learned the organ. Yeah, yeah. Electronic, two hands, two feet kind of monster, yeah. And that was just because I used to, you know, like when I was two or three, when I was pre-verbal, basically I was Mm. just really mental about music and I used to, you know, sleep curled up in the speaker of the stereo (laughs) and the parents just kind of put me onto music lessons because it, it was just really obvious. Yeah, yeah, we better
0: send him to something <clears throat> because to yeah. do with music because that's where
1: he's at. Yeah, so I did that for 10 years. I stopped when I was 14 and it was it just became really vital to grow up mullet and get a guitar. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, and I did violin in between this. They were the two things that I was formally trained in: were yeah. organ and violin.
0: And what have so, you got it up to from there? Uh, what's, the nu- what's the number count? I don't know, way. What, eh? what, what are you legally allowed to play on stage?
1: Well, see, that's the thing, because <laughs> I have been paid to play the trombone, so yeah. I could claim to be a trombone player. Yeah. But even people who don't play the trombone, on yeah. well, hearing me play the trombone, will know that I am not a trombone <laughs> player. But, yeah, I mean, uh, anything except the flute. Eh? I Like, I can get a tune mm, out of anything mm. except the
0: Well, I've the seen you play the flute, trombone, and yeah. it... it, it I don't know if I'd go so far as to call you a trombonist, but you could play. It I worked. produced notes. You produced, <laughs> you produced sounds that sounded like a trombone and that were musical
1: notes. I yeah. understand, you know, as many trombonists don't, that it's fundamentally a rhythm instrument. Yeah. <laughs> it's a kind of flatulent tuned percussion. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so maybe maybe 10 or 12 instruments I could claim to play. I mean, like, it's real... Yeah, it's so, so different mean, whether you're among musicians or whether you you're among you know yeah folk yeah. Yeah, yeah because yeah. you musicians know what it is to actually yeah. be able to play something on yeah. that level I can't actually play anything <laughs> um, but from another well from from the opposite like can you make some music mm. that doesn't suck to listen to
0: well one of the things yeah. you kind of know, kind of known for because uh, it's uh, it's sort of how I first saw you perform and have seen you return to it as the accordion which which I mean I get that you've you know had the piano training and stuff but it's well, it's kind of a peculiar instrument for a person to um, launch a serious act around these days as a a sort of and yet and yet it's so obvious because it really is the kind of great one-man band instrument, right? It's like a band I, in a box. Yeah, I understand it as, you know, it's duly, um, it's it's one of the great sort of melodic and rhythm, rhythmic instruments.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that was total accident. I mean, it was an ex-girlfriend who bought me the accordion as a present. Yeah. Uh, for no reason whatsoever. And I just uh, learned... You know, because it would have been rude not to, really. Yeah. <laughs> and then once I could do a thing, once I could do two or three songs, I just started using it for busking because I'd always, I've always been busking, like, since I, since my late teens, it's just been something I've always done. Mm. And I've always hated being the guy with the guitar. Yeah, But I've yeah, never yeah. had much of an option. Like, yeah, yeah. A, try to do things that are a little bit different but it's still like... you're still like just some bloke playing a guitar. So yeah. as soon as I had the accordion I just switched to that. Yeah. Even when I couldn't really play it properly. Yeah. Um, but it was just instant... You know, people are so much more... It doesn't matter how terrible you are. People are so much more interested seeing a guy on the side of the road bumping one of those things. Yeah. Particularly like, you know, six or seven years ago when you yeah. started. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so it was just really obvious. And then if I ever got if I got booked for gigs and the band couldn't play, like the saddest thing on earth to me would be for me to show up with my guitar
0: and be a solo singer songwriter.
1: The point of writing for a band is you get all these people to play the good bits for you, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then like you go and play the stink bits by yourself and sing <laughs> over the top. Like that just made me terribly sad. So yeah. yeah so I just arrange stuff for accordion, you know? Um, and that was, that was how i play solos. Yeah. So if I get a solo yeah. gig now, that's what I'll do as yeah, well. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And you have this sort of, um, you, I guess, build this repertoire busking of, of covers, but you have your original songs too, and, and that seems to me to be like still how you'd, you'd approach a solo set, that you're quite... And you've got that thing with the accordion that it's, you know, it's instantly interesting to hear, for people to hear, Talking yeah. heads or Britney Spears or, or a medley of both on an accordion, you know, whatever it's going to be, and you sort of go into those sort of spaces with an accordion.
1: Yeah. Yeah, well, I think it's. Um, there's not much you can do with timbre, you know, like. And I think that's true even if you're like a mad good guitarist playing yeah. by yourself, you know, like, it's still basically going to be the sound of a person yeah, playing an instrument for that amount of it's time. It's the same
0: set of tricks really. Yeah, no matter what, so, like like, you know, the 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 individual can be very good, but it's still that, you know Yeah. That that person's signature across every single yeah. song they do as a solo artist, yeah.
1: So that's kind of why the um, the covers thing was just like to keep me from getting bored, to keep the people who are listening from yeah. getting bored, you know, and the yeah. We all know we're all stuck in this damn room. We're all listening to the same damn noise. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you got to try and have some fun.
0: Yeah. So, so when do you sort of? So you start busking as a teenager? Mm. You're still in in Taranaki?
1: No, I didn't mm. actually start busking until I went um, away to university. So I went to University of Waikato mm. in Hamilton. Um, shut up! It's a real university. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh yeah yeah and I just started then I think it was it was just easier like when you're you're sort of 18 I was 17 when I started university um but yeah you're 17 18 you're in a new town you don't know anyone and it was like one of the first things I went and did like I'd always wanted to do it it's the right of passage of a kind
0: right yeah totally yeah yeah
1: and it's um it's just really good I don't know why everyone doesn't do it you know i mean like non-musicians and really flash musicians like it's just really fun you meet people and like if you're interested in songs like you find out what the good ones are Mm. real quick when Mm. you busk Or it's not even that's not really true because there are some great songs that you can't busk but Mm. you know a great busking song is fractal like every part of a great busking song is great
0: Mm-mm.
1: Because like People are walking past They're only listening to it For like Yeah yeah seconds. They need to And like So get, not only Know what it is Yeah But know that it is good Yeah And like This is the good bit Of the yeah. good song Yeah Like But the key to a great Busking song Is that all the bits Are good bits So no, ma- no matter what bit It's like Baker Street Is like the worst Busking song <laughs> in the world Because <laughs> like <laughs> If you're playing the verse Of Baker Street It's not like, recognisable To a lot of yeah, yeah 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 <laughs> No one knows what
0: yeah, that yeah. is yeah yeah Jerry Rafferty yeah. probably did. That. Yeah. <laughs> um, the so busking, you know, busking is quite an interesting thing. I think to 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 try and unpack because just hearing you talk about it, it makes me realise that it's one of those things. A bit like jazz, people um, uh, remember the bad experience. A lot of people, and so it's tarred with that brush that yeah. that people. You know, we we tend to use. Uh, well, maybe busking is a bit like blogging. Yeah, <laughs> you know, in the you know, you reduce a writer down to just being a blogger. You yeah. reduce a music, musician down to being a busker.
1: Yeah. And so one
0: way or another, they're either a novelty act. Like if they're really, if they're a really good busker, yeah, they're like a you know they should have run away and joined the circus. They're like a circus freak that just yeah. waits for the busking festivals. Or if they're a shit busker. Mm. You know the horrible, like yeah, people don't. So I think that's possibly that's an answer to your question of why more people don't do it because yeah. there is that weird sort of stigma around it that it's
1: it's been tainted. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. What do you think? There's no, uh, yeah. I've I've never thought of it that way, but you're not wrong. I sort of think if I was going to it, compare it to things, it'd be more like graffiti. <laughs> yeah. like, it's like, in yeah. my opinion... Which it's is also, you know... Again, absolutely and... public art. Yeah, and totally. some people's opinion is just, just straight... vandalism. terrorism and like, vandalism. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, but I kind of don't care. Like, I mean, it's the... Because the graffiti art... Any history of graffiti art you read, you know, they... Whatever the city is and whoever the person they're talking to, it's always like... Um, They asked them when did it start? And the answer's always the same. It's when the billboards started going up everywhere. Mm. And it was just that whole, you're from, you're just some person, you know, a group of people in Mm. this neighbourhood, and the whole thing's just taken over by someone else's message, Mm. you know, just bombarding you, and it's like a total reaction to it. And I mean, like, the busking thing. It's like, the the exact same people who moan that they're busking some walking past some person who's, like, playing the harmonica, you know, and it sounds awful. Um, They don't complain about the crap coming out of the shop fronts,
0: Mm, you know? mm,
1: Like, mm, um, mm. bland panpipe music being pumped (laughs) out of every glassins all the way down the street, you know? It's just, like, nothing to them. Whereas, like, to me, that's fingernails on a blackboard,
0: like... all garish window displays, you know? Yeah, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. I'm not picking on just glassins there, but just anything, you know? like Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So
1: it's kind of like... Yeah, uh, I can relate to complaints about mm, it, but mm. to me, it's just kind of well. You live in a city; mm. there is noise, you know, mm, and mm. there are people about, and you know. So,
0: are you a half-pipe decent busker when you start, or are you awful, or are you great instantly, uh, or, is it, or is it or is it dependent on the day and the crowd and the the space you occupy, or, or how how bitten by the bug are you to do it? How. I reckon I... Quickly do you fall under its spell as a thing to return to?
1: Yeah, I don't remember being like... I don't remember being like, oh my God, this is awesome. Like, I yeah. just remember being more like, oh, good, I've started doing that now. That's like, that was something I'd intended to do. That was
0: on the <coughs> list and... Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, but then when I met people and got jamming with them, hmm. that would be a thing that I would say, oh, do you want to go for a busk? Hmm. And like... um, so then I had a couple of friends through university who were like regular, like busking partners. Yeah, and that, that stuff's really cool because then you get to do like harmonies and like you work out a lot. Mm, mm. Um, just repertoire stuff and it's less lonely.
0: <laughs> what are you? What are you studying? And what are you hoping to
1: go and do? Um, well, I did a Bachelor of Arts, so I think it's pretty clear that I but didn't want to, to do anything. You wanted ever. to busk.
0: You wanted to <laughs> maximise your to Maximise your time for busking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: did a <laughs> BA at University of Waikato. They did keep me there for three years, mm. but they could have just, you know, lined all of us up in a room at the start and said, repeat after me, would you like fries with that? Mm. And then let us go, I guess, you know, with slightly larger debt. Huh. But no, I started... I, this, Totally unfair. I studied film and television and English lit double major, and I did music as a minor. Yeah. Um, And I did it all because I was interested in it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like the last person on earth, you know, who went to university Ah. to study things that he wanted to know about. Like, I mean, even the people around me were like, I'm going to get a job because they were sensible. Yeah. You know, but I was actually interested. <coughs> weirdly.
0: Yeah. So what do you do at the end of that? Like and how far have you got outside of busking? You've met a few people for some jams? Are you writing your own material? When does that kick in?
1: Yeah, I guess I I started writing shit songs when I was about 16. But when nothing are you, that I'm you you planning on stopping. Ha ha ha. I thought I'd stopped on the last album, Simon, but it's nice to have these little reminders. Um, Jesus Christ, another one. This is what my band sounds like. Uh, so, what was the question? When am I going to stop writing shit songs? Fuck well, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, that's a good answer too. No, no. When? Uh, when? Yeah. When did you? When do you start writing songs, and when do they start um, coming into what you're doing? So early, early on.
1: Yeah, I mean, I had a like. I had a high school band and we actually wrote some songs and I don't think of those as songs I wrote, which is weird. So the first one I think of as one that I wrote was when I was like 16 and I sat down with an acoustic guitar and did an actual like, singer-songwriter song instead yeah. of like, making a band song, yeah, which is yeah. really dumb because the band songs were probably cooler. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then at uni that was always the plan. I was going to put a band together. And we were gonna write songs. Mm. Not necessarily I was going to, but we were gonna. Mm. And yeah, so I had a three piece um, called the Living Room, Um, and we recorded shit. You know what we did that was really cool. When we didn't, when we started, we went into the fridge, which was the studio there, and we recorded twenty songs. Yeah, I can't even imagine recording twenty. Like that was in a day. Yeah. Was in a, not even a day, like in five hours or something, yeah, yeah. And because uh, you're a three piece, and we were tight enough, like we've written all these songs, we didn't know which were the good ones or the bad ones or anything, mm. and we didn't know what to do with them. But we we're just like, well, let's just record them. So we have this cassette tape of uh, like 20 freaking songs.
0: I don't know why more people don't do that. I mean, they, uh, they don't these days, often because they don't. Have that number of songs, like mm. no matter how shit they are. Or, or, or well, I'm not saying <laughs> you're no, shit, but bro. yeah, yeah, or exactly. <laughs> but I was just thinking about it. You know, like in theory, we're sort of post record company,
1: yeah.
0: And yet, you still get these press releases through of a person who's working on their debut single, yeah. And then they release this single, and yeah. You know, how do they release it, like? And then it's, you know, does it get radio players? Is that what they're aiming for? I don't fucking know. And then I get these press releases saying, you know, check out such and such that she's got an amazing voice or he's part of this talented group. Mm. And you listen to this one song that they've done, and, he, and if you like it, great. Where's more? There's none. If you don't like it, which is usually more common, yeah you're supposed to be blown away by some, you know, uh, video, either one with far too flashy production values or if they've tried to do something lo-fi it's just garbage yeah. and then you've got to wait several months before something else comes it's stupid I don't know why more bands and artists don't go and record their first gig mm. that they play and put it up online for people to hear well, in some capacity you yeah. know why do they rate themselves to do that
1: yeah, I Because when you you're, fall you're in
0: t- love with an artist, yeah. when you hear something, even one song by a band, like, and it still happens, like a local band, you go and see someone. I went mean, and saw Shane Carter play. He's pretty good, obviously. but And so I'm looking forward to seeing him. But the opening act on the night, I only see a couple of their songs, but they're fucking great. So I want to see more. And I'm mm. st- I am come home and look them up, and they've got nothing. They've got, you know, yeah. the same two songs I heard kind of thing. And so I want more. But um, yeah, I don't know why people don't just. Put the stuff out, record, you know, even a sh- even a shitty sounding, you know, uh, live demo, you know, like yeah. it, it's the first gig they've played, you know, have the confidence to. I don't know. That's just, maybe that's maybe uh, that's a really stupid idea of mine, but I, I've just always thought people should back themselves to not pump every single thing they're doing out into the world, but like mm-hmm. to begin with, like you know, your idea of this recording twenty songs in a day, I think is a really good one. <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, you can see it paid off because uh, everyone's (laughs) listening to that cassette tape now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Similar work. (laughs) In fact, I might have lost my copy, so uh, Chris Davis, if you're listening, (laughs) do you still have that first tape? (laughs) Um, But, yeah, uh, I don't know. I think what you're talking about is basically like two models Mm. and, uh, like... uh, the sad truth is, so, you've got your kind of artist model. Well, actually, it's more the craft model. Like, keep doing the thing is the craft model.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Keep doing the thing. Write more songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have more get, songs. Don't worry about, better. yeah, don't worry about what's happening with the songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you're trying to make okay. good songs. And I think that's, I was, you know, especially, I mean, that's me, you know, 18 or 19 years old. I was right up the ass of that theory. I thought that was amazing. You yeah. Know, like, that's what you do. That's probably why I thought... Well, let's spend 250 bucks or whatever. It recording, works, recording what we've 20 got. 20 songs. <laughs> and then we'll have a tape! Yeah. Like, you know, but I think the people who are giving you that, sending that one sing- single when they've got nothing else, like, Either they do actually have something else, but yeah, they don't really yeah, to yeah. Cut it out. yeah, or else they really do only have the single. But either way, they're just following this total other model. Which oh, like, totally, that's what I'm saying. There's I say. an it's entire industry yeah. built around teaching people how to to do exactly. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Know, yeah. So, totally. <coughs> and those people, I went to a um, went to a music mm. managers mm. forum. Uh, Meeting exactly once, you know, to listen to Dave Dobbins' manager and uh, Shapeshifters' manager and uh, people's managers. What did you talking about? How managers are awesome.
0: What did you get from yeah. it apart from Great little, laugh. little? I got the
1: best laugh of the ex. yeah, yeah. Little
0: little <laughs> glimpses of their ego. Was that it? <laughs> no, I no, mean no, There they... must have. I mean, there must have been. I mean, some of those people you're talking about are probably pretty good and pretty onto it. Yeah. So they must have, they must have had something. But I, I think I'm pretty much in line with you about those things. I, I generally think those sort of preserve the music industry. Listen mm. to um, you know the people behind the people forums
1: are yeah. are a bit of a crock nothing but respect for Shapeshifter's manager who genuinely took her mates from mm. you know who was passionate about them mm. and, sorry I've forgotten her name um, but was passionate about them and their mm. music and mm. put it all into um, you know into practice and that's amazing mm. Dave Dobbins' manager who whose name I've also forgotten you know mm. worked in this uh, in the British music industry for mm. X amount of years and then I guess when she decided to retire to New Zealand just went who sold it? Yeah, nearly as many records as the last person I worked for, and he was the only one. You know, so I. Yeah, I found her advice irrelevant. Irrelevant, yeah. irrelevant I, you, I suppose, yeah, 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 yeah.
0: For, for for you um, and for for most people. And yeah. that that she would be giving it to it that in that forum. Yeah, yeah.
1: and they brought a lawyer along. Yeah, you know, and he was interesting to listen to because he talked about law, which is you yeah. know not something I usually think about. But it's all survivorship bias, you know. It's mm. like it's all people who have come back from um, the bombing campaign over Berlin mm. and are giving seminars about not getting shot by anti aircraft yeah. guns. Yeah, yeah, yeah And yeah. it's actually like the reason you didn't get shot by an anti aircraft gun is they missed. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's all all that advice is like that. You know, mm. send your music out there. You know, and the yeah, stuff like that isn't that. Like you yeah. weren't. That, that's my problem with it. It's <coughs> like
0: uh,
1: common sense squared. Yeah. You know, like and the stuff that isn't that I just vehemently get pissed off about. Like it's like. Delete lead all aspects of personality from your Facebook yeah, thing, yeah, in case yeah. an industry professional is looking at it, you know, or well, yeah. only release one song because yeah. you know people are going to be intrigued. And, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, so and don't
0: bombard whatever. people with stuff and all of this. But, yeah. but actually, you know, it's all of those things come too from you know, uh, they too they come from a place, if not of complete safety and boredom, they come from a place of of something that actually bucks those trends escapes off wildly into success gets tamed by the mainstream yeah. and then they try to replicate that so that can't be done because they're, they're, they're really great stories you know like someone like an Amy Winehouse or something Yeah, um, it is actually a unique talent and a one-off performer that you know gets kind of co-opted and then they try to for another couple of years after, they just sort of referred everyone as the next Amy Winehouse or something, and, and you know, yeah. who, who is the next Amy Winehouse? All the people they've named haven't amounted to anything,
1: you know? Yeah. Yeah, well, it's, um, it's not to say that, I mean, they're also describing things that they've done, uh, that they've succeeded in doing, so good luck to them, mm. you know? Mm, um, mm. It's just a, there's a difference between something you've done that you've mm. succeeded in doing, mm-hmm. and, a recipe for someone else's success. You yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. think that's the that's the great misunderstanding yes. about all those how-to guides. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, have you read the KLF's how-to guide? Yeah. That's the best. Yeah, totally. <laughs> that's yeah. the best how-to-succeed yeah, music guide ever. Of course, of course. You know, and I think the first sentence is sign on for the dole. Yeah. Make a cup of tea yeah. or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally brilliant. Um, so you... Where are we at, in your kind of timeline, and your and your uh, sets of experiences there? So you've made this shitty tape of everything that you've got. Oh you've, yeah. You've you've gone to see a. You've gone to be told how to stop doing what you're doing and start doing what other people oh, are doing. No, those, and you, those experiences. Those are. Years I was going to say they're, yeah. <laughs> they're not they're not lined up, are they? There's lots <laughs> that's happened in between that. Yeah. So so you just keep chiseling away at songs.
1: Yeah. Um. So I mean, all through uni. Um, we just had the band going, and then at the end of uni, uh, everyone left, mm. and I just hung around Hamilton for a couple of years, basically, which yeah. seemed like a good idea at the time. Uh, and so I got bored and recorded my first solo album. So this is what, uh, late 90s? Yeah, 99. Yeah, so late 90s, um, very yeah, much so. The, the <laughs> yeah, latest, yeah, yeah, the latest 90s. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Now this gets
0: um, this gets talked up by Chris Knox. Yeah, that was cool. Who, that must have been pretty cool. yeah. Because, um, you know, he's well, almost the perfect example of, particularly then, yeah. l- everything up to and including the early 2000s for Chris Knox, is he's the perfect example of the kind of respected indie DIY guy who takes what talent he has and makes more than you might expect from someone with his talents. Yeah. You know, like he's, he's obviously not without talent, but there's a the simplicity to what he's doing. It's a, you know, it's a bit like Lou Reed. He's sort of punching above his weight in terms of his technical ability.
1: Totally, yeah.
0: Uh, for the, the the wonderful moments that he makes, yeah.
1: Yeah, and I, when when I was playing with the band, we used to go to a local studio to record, and it kind of made sense. There was three of us, and we could chip in for the money, and it's just easier to mm. do a band that way. Mm. But when I when I decided I was going to do this album by myself, I was like, I'm getting a four track. I'm mm. going to do it. Like Chris. Yeah. Yeah. I was
0: going to say like the model. Yeah. Yeah,
1: was, yeah. Yeah. It was. Yeah. It was totally yeah. the business model. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah. So I just pinched this thing off my mates, uh, for a couple of weeks and I just made the two weeks, the deadline for making the album. Just, I could have had it for a month or whatever, mm. but, um, and I was working split shifts at this restaurant. So I used to, Oh, and I was cleaning at a local cafe in the morning, so I used to get up, go mop the floor, go home and do a bass and like a drum and a bass <laughs> yeah, line yeah, yeah. And then go and do the lunch shift at this restaurant, come home and do guitars, and then like go and do night shift at the restaurant. If no one was home at the flat, I'd do vocals, and then that was it for Just two weeks. To, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and then I went to the dude um, who, uh, who ran the studio. We used to record in With my band Daniels' his name Click Sound I think He might still be Running up there um, And He mastered the thing And it was done In like three weeks Or mm. something mm. Yeah And then I went around um, Student radio This is a This is a great Provincial Student radio story You know yeah. people lament The death of the beanies mm. Or whatever um, Every one of the DJs At the local Student radio station Has a band And Weirdly, the bands that those guys are in, their songs seem to play on the radio 18 to 25 times a day. Mm. And uh, <laughs> the station manager at the time, who remained nameless, you know, was at the desk when I went in with my brand new CD, mm. actual CD, mm. uh, digital music printed out, you know, <laughs> with the cover and everything that I'd slaved over. And uh, he said, "What do you expect me to do with this?" listen to it (laughs) what do you expect a radio station to do with a CD
0: no no idea
1: mate what's changed yeah I don't know well um, but then so I mailed the thing out for review or whatever and they got that Chris Knox review two weeks later you know and I was like sort of you know fantasising about marching into the student radio station waving the thing yeah 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 um, but they used to, all those guys used to convene for the um, Orientation Week um, mm. conference, like mm. all the BNet net station yeah, guys, yeah. and so then they'd all plan whatever the O-Week thing was going to be throughout the country. Yeah. And there were people from other universities going, saying to the Hamilton guy, what about this, you know, Vaughan fellas, and mm. it's like a thing, you know, he's never heard of him. Mm. Um Yeah. but yeah i mean that's about as far as that cd went i made oh shit i guess over its career i must have made about 150 copies and they've all been sold you know Mm, mm, so um mm. yeah so it did all right
0: yeah 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 well that's Um, better than what a lot of people do with their debut album which is make 500 copies and and keep 480 of them yeah (laughs) you know uh, for if the bed legs get out Yeah. yeah You know that that tends to happen far more, doesn't it? So you're not um, wildly deluded, um, yeah. but you're not um, massively successful. So what? You know, you're successful in that you've created something that you can stand by, but yeah. it's not doing anything that's going to let you even quit one of your jobs. So yeah. what's What? What do you do? Uh, go and do it again? And how soon after do you go and do it again? You know, like <laughs> and. And what, what, what are you thinking around um, next moves and, and other things to do and and yeah. and real jobs outside of split shifts and hospital.
1: What are you what what's happening? Well, I think when I was that I mean, I'll be honest, when I was that age, I was fifty percent sure the world was gonna end. Like, that was nineteen ninety nine. Yeah. yeah. And like I have friends who are now uh, very well-paid computer uh, programmers who all yeah. of whom got their start because they came out of university just right the time. on the y2k
0: thing yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah like england was like screaming out for people to save mm. them from the thing um and and they've gone on to you know have careers based on the experiences that they had mm. then so although it sounds completely nuts now yeah to say oh well it was you know, fifty-fifty whether the world was going to blow yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, totally. It uh, crossed my mind.
0: Oh, like, it was a few years ago now. But on one of the sort of clean-outs of the bookshelf, I found yeah. I found one of those books about you know what are you going to do to survive? way yeah. to which which I bought and read. You know, yeah. out of not out of not out of huge panic, but out of a curiosity. Yeah. With, with probably, like you're saying, some mild panic rooted in a in a in a possible reality attached to it. And then what do you do when you've read that thing? And the clocks took over January 2000. What do you do? So set sat on the shelf for another couple of years and it's like, you're not going to get top dollar for that. <laughs> secondhand anywhere. But I don't have it now. I must have chucked it out. But I imagine yeah. it, it went to like a you know a church sale or whatever.
1: Um, yeah.
0: But yeah, I, rem- I remember having some feelings slightly similar to what you're saying. I, yeah. don't, I don't think I quite would have um, articulated it like I thought the world was going to end. But it was certainly being sold to us that that was... A possibility.
1: Yeah. So, um, yeah, nothing seemed very important. Yeah. <laughs> and I was 22, 21, 22, and, you know, um, working dumb jobs in Hamilton. So I just quit for a while and um, uh, became a travelling busker. So I just got a tent and, like, hitchhiked around and went busking in different towns and stuff. And um, I stayed in Wellington for... Shoot about six months, I guess, uh, in a in a cave underneath a house on Devon Street, mm. uh, Arrow Valley there, and that was probably the longest that I stayed anywhere. And then I went went back to uh, being itinerant for a while. Um, yeah, and then one of the guys from the I had been.
0: Hang on, in a cave underneath the house. Well, it was not one of those, you mean uh, burrowed under the steps of a place. Yeah, so Justin, like, there'll be a real
1: door, but there won't be real walls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I tacked a couple of walls up and threw some carpet down. So
0: it's not not meeting code, but it's. uh, Uh, it's It was livable.
1: Livable. Yeah, I was paying 30 bucks a week, which You you can't argue with the price. Wow, it'd be fucking damp, though, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was. (laughs) I mean, I wouldn't describe it as dry. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, but it was yeah. Good was for growing, deep. good for growing mushrooms. Yeah, it was probably. I think I grew a few in my lungs as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably not the best place to keep them. No. But um. So then you get back on the bike. Yeah, yeah. So when um, well, actually, it was becoming increasingly obvious that the world hadn't ended, and I was still just sort of tooling about the place with a guitar and a tent. Um, and a guy from um, The restaurant where I used to work He was Korean And he was um, <coughs> looking for people to go and teach over there um, And so he just sort of rang me up one day And said you want to go and teach in Korea And there didn't seem to be any reason not to So so I went mm. um, Yeah and so then I bought a four track With my first pay packet From, from teaching over there yeah. And that's when I started on the second album
0: what had you taken with you to play music? A guitar?
1: An acoustic guitar, yeah. yeah. That yeah. was it. Yeah. yeah. And so I bought like a cheap shitty bass and a cheap shitty keyboard. Yeah. I was really, really married to lo-fi at yeah. the time. And yeah. I was actually making enough money that I could have... paid a bit less lo-fi. <laughs> yeah, when I went to the shop, the hey. guy was trying to sell me one of those 16-track digital yeah, yeah. things <laughs> that i probably still use now yeah, if yeah. I had it. Yeah, yeah. But at the time, I was like, don't come at me <laughs> yeah, with a yeah, digital yeah. man. Like,
0: but... Yeah, man. When, like, New Zealand's king of the four track has said that they like the cut of your jib. Yeah, you, totally. You, you're aye. gonna, I mean, you know what it? I mean? That's yeah. that's a level of endorsement where you're gonna stay with that. I would imagine and go, I'm on the right. Yeah. Brackets for close brackets track. I'm on the right. You know, like yeah. I need to, <laughs> I need to stick with this because this is gonna, you know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I felt like I hadn't even. Heard. I mean, I'd literally only spent two. Mm weeks for the four track before that mm. so I felt like I hadn't even learned the beast mm. Mm. Um, and it was my first
0: I'm looking for my phone oh, there it is I can hear it what? I'll just kill that um, yeah yeah so you so what happens how long are you in Korea
1: exactly a year I did the, I did how, the one year contract
0: how apart from being able to afford some stuff to record on, and how was that experience
1: overall? I mean, you know, beyond a paycheck, which is what you went for. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was my first time overseas, like, real overseas, Mm. apart from Australia. Mm. Um, And it was in the country, um, like, in the middle of nowhere. Mm. So it was quite different to... um, Like, I had friends who worked in the big cities and stuff, and they just sort of hung out with white English-speaking people Mm. at white English-speaking bars or whatever. Mm. I mean, at that time, early 2000s, the whole industry was, like, really badly corrupt, and there were, like, lots of stories of people getting there. Like, on the first day of work, the boss goes, can I have your passport so I can photocopy it for the... You know, authorities yeah, yeah. or whatever, and then he just keeps it. Yeah. So that you don't like quit the job or whatever. Yeah. People being in really sketchy situations. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. So, but you know, as a result, the people who worked in big cities at big places kind of got into this really weird, paranoid, uh, just, it was just really unpleasant. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't really like going to, um, I didn't really like going to town. Mm. Like, it was nice to go and speak English Mm. just for a night, go to the English-speaking bar, speak English to some people. Mm. But they were always like, it's always just some moaning Canadian who's like, I hate Korea and I hate Koreans. And you're (laughs) like, you know, like you know where there's not many Koreans like anywhere else (laughs) just go anywhere else (laughs) so Um, yeah whereas I was I was in a little village and all my friends were Korean except mm -hmm. that like there was one other English school mm. with two English people there mm. <coughs> and that was it so you had some so, sort of authentic experience yeah I there. mean I don't authentic's a funny word yeah yeah of course but, it is it's, um, that's why I said some sort of yeah yeah <laughs> but I had a, I mean uh, one of the teachers at the school where I worked her boyfriend played guitar mm. and so she saw my guitar and she was like oh you should meet my boyfriend and he just comes around with his guitar, and he was into all the stuff that I'd grown up on, like, <laughs> and so he didn't, he didn't speak much English the first time he mm. came around, but he brought a slab of beer around, mm. and he was basically so like, a, "Oh, so yeah, you're born? Yeah. Like, I'm Wong Sok, Do you want to play some guitar?" And yeah. then we just like traded Brian Adams tunes for. <laughs> I don't know, two hours or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's longer than Brian Adams, friends than <laughs> And, um, yeah, you know, and he, um, he would just go at me in Korean, which was my favourite thing. Mm. Like, no one, hardly anyone does this, but he was just like, after 20 minutes of speaking English, and, you know, he didn't have more than 20 mm. minutes worth of mm. English, He'd just tell me stories. And he'd be laughing, going like, you don't understand a word I'm saying, do you? i like, no, I don't understand mm. a word you're saying, mate, but it's okay. It <laughs> quite, you know, I learned heaps of Korean. I learned a few choice guitar licks. Yeah, mm. And um that was cool. And, like, I used to hang out with this band and open for them occasionally and, you know, freak out the locals. <laughs> <laughs> you come back um, after a year. Uh, no, or- after that I went over to... I Travelled yeah, around yeah. Southeast Asia and yeah. then spent 16, 18 months in England. Yeah. Make, I made no music. I mean, the, the reason I left is just because... Just, oh, just trying to survive in England is hard enough, you know? Like, just mm-hmm. paying the rent and having enough food and, you know, potentially maybe even going out on the mm. one weekend. I was doing hospo again, mm. so, you know, the one weekend every six weekends that you might get yeah, off, yeah, you know, going and doing something social yeah, was yeah, like...
0: broken naked, so... Yeah, that was
1: it. So I think the last six or seven months that I was there, I was just saving so that I could go away get, from there. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was just done.
0: Yeah, it's interesting because you, you, you meet people and you hear, you know, you the the idea is that it's so grand to be able to go somewhere yeah. like that and have all these experiences on your doorstep yeah but if you can't open your door you, yeah. know, like, you know what I mean <laughs> if it,
1: yeah totally
0: because you're too afraid of catching a cold or whatever like yeah. if you can't if you can't do it it's it, it strikes me as being almost worse being there and not being able to experience these yeah you know I mean I, I haven't, I've, I've never even visited the UK but no. um I couldn't go to the UK and not go and see every gig that was going, and yeah. it wouldn't happen. So I might as well just read about them yeah. here and go and see as many shows that it come here as I can. You know? like, yeah, it's sort of, sort of always been my logic with that.
1: Yeah, well, it's a, it's it's a logistical nightmare. Like London is a logistical nightmare. Mm. I ended up living in a smaller town just because London's like utterly unlivable. Yeah. Um, but then it's like I mean the other thing is that you know you'll see. Um, I don't know, like pulp playing for fifteen pounds, you know. Yeah, yeah. And you yeah. think O M G we have to pay like, you know, hundred and eighty if they come to New Zealand or yeah, whatever. Yeah. But they're not mentioning the amount that you've spent on, you know, rent and food and for the last two months yeah, just yeah, to be yeah, alive and yeah, 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 yeah. so that you can go to and a fifteen Commuted pulp commuted gig. transport. Yeah, and yeah, 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 yeah. And the um yeah, logistically, like it's just horrific. Like it's all of these, and I'm assuming it's the same now, you know, it's mm. all of these houses full of 20, you know, Australians and New Zealanders in, you know, five bedrooms with one really annoying yeah. South African. And, <laughs> <laughs> and like, there's a t- piece of paper on the door of the bathroom that's, like, 5.10 a.m. Vaughan's shower slot, 5.15 oh, a.m. Yeah. Simon's shower slot, because everyone has yeah. to have their five minutes in the shower before they go and get on the train like, for an hour and a half. you it's know, It's, like, go a blo- and sit it's like a boot camp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hideous. Yeah.
0: Um, it sounds absolutely revolting. Yeah, totally. And obviously, you know, there'd be people listening that have had a completely different experience, but yeah. but this is your experience.
1: I, I assure you they lived in the same place, but they just thought that was awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah that's, that, that's what yeah. I mean. Like, their story is, is saying that they had a different experience. But, yeah. But how different was it? Yeah. So, so you're away for... A, Three years or so. Yeah. And then you come back. Yeah. So you save to get back, and what, you come back to Wellington?
1: Yeah. Uh Not well, immediately, actually. No. I went to Auckland first. My friend was running a backpackers up there, and it seemed like a good airlock mm. coming back from uh, travelling,
0: mm.
1: hanging out with foreigners instead of, like, yeah, just yeah. blasting Bangs, straight yeah. back into New Zealand. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, and we'd had a... My mate was working the backpackers. We'd had a... Um, vague idea to form this band and so we worked on a few songs I had the four track on me still so we started working on some songs in the shed out the back of the um, backpackers in mm. Parnell in Auckland mm. yeah and that was the start of Danger Pin which was a band that I was in so after oh, a few months later my mate went traveling and then when he came back I'd have read moved to Wellington, he moved down as well, so we mm. started doing stuff then. Mm. Um, and that was about two two or three years. Yeah, playing in Danger Pen. That was um have you heard any? No, I haven't After, no. Oh, I'll have to flick a screen. Yeah, CD. yeah, do. You do. can you can shit on us. Oh yeah. It was really great. He had we we had this whole um, <laughs> songwriting thing where we couldn't agree on anything so we did all of it basically yeah. he wouldn't yeah. put it that way because we couldn't agree on anything but all of the songs we'd often just be singing over the top of each other mm. um, like different lyrics and everything <laughs> um, yeah we had some really great arrangements and we had some really epic battles over how the songs should go but also just how a song should yeah, go what a song is what a song is <laughs> 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 which number is four <laughs> <laughs> and why you should stop after it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I really like all the music. We, we did two EPs and an album. Yeah. And um, we played around well oh. he was in heaps. Yeah, no, And we got, got some, no, we got some okay reviews and we got yeah. some total bafflement and yeah. we got some mega fans, you know. That sounds um, pretty good. Yeah, it was fun. It was a fun thing. But we couldn't... Um, yeah, we just didn't work together very well. I would yeah. take responsibility for that because I was very opinionated about songs, and uh, my what Christopher, you? the other uh, singer guitarist in the mm. band, was really more exploratory. He yeah. was like trying to look for things, you know, and he didn't necessarily need to know. What the things were, and I was always the prick who was going like, no, nah, but it's come on, yeah. come on, man! Like obviously it goes yeah. like that. Yeah, it's not obvious, like you know.
0: Well, I've been working out how to ask you this because there's always such a naff question to just sort of say, mm. you know, who who were you trying to be? What were you trying to do? But yeah, who were you trying to be? What were you trying to do? You know, like okay. what 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 was what was your idea of? Or who was your idea of a person who made good songs that you were not trying to necessarily copy, that, but that, you know, like the Chris Knox thing, say, yeah. see him as a sort of figurehead. What were some of the other sort of musicians that you went, you know, I'd like to tap into a bit of that. If someone told me I was working in a similar capacity or that or that my music meant the same to them as that sort of thing, you you know, you'd hold your head pretty high.
1: Yeah. Well, I don't know. I, I just... Um, or, it's a really complicated yeah, question. Yeah, of course like, it is.
0: I would. That's be, why. That's why it gets written off as just an yeah. ask question because because the thing is people people um, struggle to answer it yeah. properly most of the time.
1: If I had the, um, I like the idea of unholy trinities. Like my friend's unholy trinity is the Beatles, the Pixies, and the Smiths. Just mm-hmm. like the, the the bands without which, like nothing makes any sense. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. I think if I had three. Like that It'd probably be Like Jimi Hendrix Shane Carter And Stephen Malkmus Yeah yeah But that's like It's not It doesn't really mean Anything Like I've never done anything Even vaguely like Jimi Hendrix Nor could I Yeah 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 And there was never really A point I, I lie. Obviously, there was a point in my teens where I thought, "Where you Lance went, learn how to yeah, play Roger yeah, like yeah, Jimi yeah. Hendrix. Yeah. And, You know, but that's just a phase. No, but see, this you is know, gr- like, This
0: is really great because what you're you're um, you doing is you're correctly explaining um, some of the ideas around aspiration and influence. Because most people just go, "Oh, I've been told I, I sound like Chris Knox, so I'll say Chris Knox." Or yeah. I've been told I sound like Bob Dylan, so I'll say Bob Dylan. Or I would like people to think, "Yeah." that um, I'm as good as Elvis Costello, so I'll say Elvis Costello. And that's, you know, that's not really what it's about. But you watch, you you read these interviews with people and they're just just dropping a name someone's dropped at their feet.
1: Yeah.
0: You know? And that's like, I mean... It's really good to listen to Jimi Hendrix and get how fucking monumental he was without trying to consciously ape it. Because for a start, no one's been able to do it. And again, it's that thing of anyone who's been described as being anything vaguely Hendrixy, I mean yeah. where are they now like, well, I wouldn't want
1: cru- to listen to it no like, it's not no yeah I think you know, you know
0: one, it, of the, one of the few people that channeled something about what Jimi Hendrix did in a good way was Prince yeah you know, you know totally. and, yet, and, and yet that's that thing that you're never going to get someone go straight away oh god he's like Hendrix mm. you know but he actually managed to get something from Prince take it make it his own and it was there in his playing all the way through yeah From Certainly from the second album Right through to Whenever he picked up a guitar But It was never like he was trying to play Little Wing Or You know
1: Yeah
0: and depression or anything You know It was just He got something about him And he was able to To Create some of his own pain Because
1: of what he got from Hendrix Yeah
0: Not Not because of just trying to steal it And, and You know Replicate it
1: Yeah Oh, this is yeah. Um, it's so. It's actually like it is a really massive question, and there's just so many misunderstandings about it. You know, like, mm. and a lot of it's about um, uh, what people think about role modeling and stuff. And mm. you know, I mean, like, you think Hendrix is twenty years older than Prince, and he's like ex military, and he's six feet tall. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And he's like, oh, they kind of goofy. Uh, you know. Obviously, he had his issues, but. He has that just air of total relaxation about him, especially when he's on stage. And, abso- and prince. And is absolute,
0: like, absolute masculinity, too. Yeah, yeah. You know, and prince is so many. Way flips, up north, the and flip the side, waist, everything. like five of
1: foot tall, yeah. like uptight as hell. Mixed um, race,
0: playing with sexuality, playing with the perception yeah. of
1: sexuality. Probably wouldn't have been allowed in the army. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's what the. And then. You're right, the, he is the, the kind of inheritor, but he probably wouldn't have said it himself, no. and it's kind of meaningless to... Yeah, of course. You know. But I'm thinking, like, the, <laughs> yeah. the
0: person everyone said it about was Lenny Kravis. You, you know? know. <laughs> 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 exactly. You know what I mean? And it's like, who would you who would you rather be? And, you know, <laughs> That's and, not a
1: question. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And I think, like, people lie, and I'm not... I will lie as well, you know. If you say what were you thinking when you were sixteen, what yeah. were you thinking when you were twenty five or whatever, you know, you're gonna say something that sounds like it makes sense now. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. I think you know if you prob if you'd asked me when I was twenty three, I probably would have said I want to be George Bernard Shaw, <laughs> but with a four track. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, it's not a thing that makes a lot of sense, yeah. and I really like the idea that. Um, you know, most of the stuff that's actually innovative just comes from people trying to imitate something and fucking it up. Yeah. Like, we're, you were, know, yeah. you know, that great quote about Radiohead? They were um, trying to be Elvis Costello, but they mm. fell short somewhere better. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's, yeah, that's it for me. It's mostly your inability to be able to yeah. be Freddie Mercury. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. That's going
0: to define you and that's going to
1: yeah.
0: uh, wind you up in an interesting, yeah. you know, put you in an interesting place and it's it's about i think too uh you know what what well, what i'm trying to what i've discovered recently and it's taken me you know <laughs> a fucking long time is how important it is to embrace and kind of channel your your vulnerabilities like we're sort of uh, i think we're sort of told to to push forward with our strengths and pursue those but that really only gets you so far you know it's like it's really empowering and important to understand what your sort of vulnerabilities and your and your weak spots and your you know your your softer areas are and to see what comes from them yeah yeah especially yeah i mean I sort of mean with regard to Lurically, life but absolutely yeah. you know as part of life with creative <laughs> arts i think like, yeah. you know?
1: i think that's been the um the thing that i've always enjoyed <laughs> doing on stage is like really sucking like, <laughs> <laughs> but just playing at that edge of uh, you know not being a great musician you know, and just mm. playing at the, the edge of your, you know, mm. ability to do something good, and it might fall over at a point. Mm. And it's quite fun when you're, especially in the, um, you know, the band I'm in now. People I've been with. There's been a few incarnations. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's always been the case that yeah. A song could go tits up at any point, and mm. yeah, when it does, everyone's just got a massive grin on their face. Like it's yeah, it was always part of the fun. Just, yeah, you know, we've made it more a hash of that freaking thing, you know. But, <laughs> if you're not in that zone, then you're not doing anything interesting at all, you know. Yeah, yeah. That song that you make a hash of the next time you do it, and right. just nail it. Everyone's got the same grin on their face yeah. for a different reason, you know. Like, um, yeah. You still haven't answered my question. Influence. Yeah. Well, oh, shit, at yeah. That, I'm, I'm talking. I'm
0: sort of trying to get where you're, where you're at at that. What? Well, so we're about two or three albums into, into your catalogue. Yeah. So when you come back to New Zealand. Yeah. You've done. Have you done a third, or you've done two? You record um, the one in Korea, yeah, so I've
1: recorded the second one in Korea. Yes, I have recorded the second one in Korea. And
0: then you do this Danger Pin
1: Group. Yeah. So you know, I, I had come back from England thinking having spent a year and a half mm. working in kitchens mm. and I was just like that's for sure I, w- what I actually want to do is make music mm. so mm. whatever happens I'm going to make music but mm-hmm. it wasn't necessarily I'm going to make a living it was just but like it's, it's oh, going what, to, be a, to be it's going to be a component of my living yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, yeah and so we'd me and my mate had got all excited about Danger Pitting as a project yeah. and the, the first EP was really good I really like it Um, yeah, and so we worked on that, and had heaps of scraps, and made some really good music, and that was, that was my first two or three years in Wellington.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and then when that sort of, it sort of came to a natural conclusion, because, it wasn't that the process of having a big fight all the time wasn't working, (laughs) it was just long. It was boring. It was just a long process, yeah, um, yeah. um, Uh, yeah, so, um, Christopher went on to form Penelope, who are an amazing Wellington band, yeah. who must be heard, if yeah. you no, I have, I can guarantee you, you have heard nothing right. like it, yeah. um, <clears throat> yeah, really cool, and around that time I recorded my third album, my yeah. first one recorded on a computer, Yeah, and that was kind of just in... Yeah, it was in frustration at everything taking ages again. Yeah. So then we'd, we'd sort of done two EPs in an album in three years. And I sort of made it my thing like three months, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Six with a bit of production. Yeah. I'm going to do this thing. I've got these songs. Um, yeah. Uh, so that was Thunk. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the first one people can actually listen to yeah now. yeah i mean yeah. like so the full track ones people are like oh yeah this is a yeah yeah weird yeah. and curiosity <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 absolutely relic from a different world yeah 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 but if people i'm i'm happy to put that on thunk is representative in, yeah, 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 and yeah it's yeah. realistic like it's lines up with what you're yeah. doing now like you can see the yeah trajectory from there yeah, yeah. Um,
0: there.
1: so i kind of think of them as the wellington series yeah yeah on. it's yeah. like the first album and you um, do about one a year For a while For a
0: while Yeah Yeah, yeah, yeah um, Yeah, so And so you're living off busking, playing Are you working as well?
1: Yeah, that was when I um, This is why I was so productive Because that was when I started working at the railways Yeah So I'd do split shifts I'd have five hours in the middle of the day To do whatever I wanted Yeah um, And I could just Like the rent was paid I could afford some food and everyone was out of the house. It was oh, I, I was free between nine and three, yeah, right, every day, yeah, and no one was home. You know, even if you live with flatmates, like yeah. everyone's out between yeah. nine and three. So and I you didn't just make... think to
0: just go home and
1: go to bed, or what are you nuts? <laughs> 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 no, um, yeah. So I mean, because that's the that's what was different from the two albums before was then. It was like I am writing a song. Mm. But from sort of two thousand and seven onwards, it's like I am mucking around. That was what was great. It was yeah. like you could just go home and muck around. Yeah. And like so then a song might come out or it's, or it might not. Yeah. But <clears throat> But you had the time. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I'm still, you know, writing fast. Yeah. Even though I was just mucking around heaps. Yeah, yeah. And like that that timetable was just perfect. Everything mm. the,
0: How long does that carry on for? And what, 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 um, when do you get some sort of, um, direction beyond that? Like, (laughs) you know, I'm I'm, I'm not, I'm I'm not saying that's directionless because you've got Hmm. your focus. Your focus is clearly somewhere in my day and somewhere in my life, there's going to be music and I'm going to be making it. Yeah. And that's a very profound thing to come up with, I think, to actually go, it's important, but. I'm not gonna be, you know, a circus clown or a backing musician for Jack Johnson to make it happen. I'm gonna make my music the way I want to, and if it means working elsewhere, that's valid. And a lot of people take a long time to come to that. They see that as some kind of cop out. It, it strikes me that you made a pretty smart decision. That <laughs> that it might be the only one. Yeah. Like, but <laughs> you made a pretty smart decision that. I'm not making, you know, if I can't get played on B-Net, yeah. you know, straight away, then I'm not going to get on More <laughs> FM, you know, and I'm not going to get on Nature's Best number two. So yeah. I need to, you know, I need to have something that pays for the instruments and the upkeep and the rent. And so yeah. you you do, but what I'm, this is a long-winded way of asking, was there ever, you know, when do you sort of go, well, uh, I want a job that means something or I want, you know, a hint of a career out of, out of, out of what's left outside
1: of music. Yeah, well, I guess, I don't know. I think, I think I'd always known that the thing that I wanted to do was make music. Like if, whether I'm up or down or whether I'm, in the mood or not in the mood or like whatever like there's lots of other things I do mm. but music is the only the only one that I can do whether I'm shitty or tired or whatever you know it's like being a great constant in your life yeah and so kind of I don't know it's just really different to asking a, an architect why they became an architect because yeah, yeah. like no one architects for free. Yeah, yeah. You know, but, like, tons of people musician for free. And, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you can have an entire separate conversation yes. about that. Yeah. But, I, you know, I was never, I was, you come from New Zealand. Like, you're never naive enough to think that you're going to make this big living out of music. Yeah. So, like, weirdly, you know, um, actually, that means you can just decide to do music. You don't have to worry about whether you're going to make a living out of it or not. You know, like, everyone knows you're not going to make a living out of it.
0: That's sort of part of what what I mean by saying it's quite a profound thing that you've arrived at because you've you've removed the, you know, there's always going to be anxiety around Mm -hmm. creating, but you've removed the anxiety around expectation. Yeah. In a way, like, you know, whatever whatever there is is what you put upon yourself Mm -hmm. to create. But what, what I'm asking is when do you go right, I need some direction or some particular approach, some angle towards my money gig. Yeah.
1: I need to find a correct, you know, or do you? Well, I've been doing, um, I've been doing hospo because I've been travelling. Yeah. And hospo's the only thing you can do it with It just your lines up.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So when I moved to Wellington, I was doing temp shipping. And then I'd just always been looking for a job. Mm-hmm. Um, that was no hassle. Mm. <laughs> that was as little of an interruption to my day as possible. High Transmetro. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for nine <laughs> wonderful years. Right. Um, so it's that <laughs> and I worked there. I worked yeah. there for nine years. Yeah. and I when I left, I left to go teaching, and I was widely congratulated by people who saw me as leaving this bum job to go and do something worthwhile. Right. And I don't see it that way at all. No, 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 At all, no. you know? Like, I yeah, mean, at yeah. that time, I, you know, I remember talking to people who were doing their PhD in English literature about all the stuff I'd been reading on the train. Yeah. And they are like, where do you get time to read that? And I'm like, mate, I get paid to read, like, there's professors of English who couldn't say the same thing, you yeah, know? yeah, like. Once I've clicked all the tickets, I just get paid to continue my exploration through 18th century literature, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. And then I can go home and do my inverted comma real job, which yeah. is making music for no money. Like, yeah. It was brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so how long have you been teaching? Um, that'd be, shoot, coming up four years now.
0: And when did you recognise that you had... An inclination there.
1: Ah, oh, well, both my parents are teachers. Okay, so yeah, it's kind of hardwired. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. Eh, like mm. it's just like if you both your parents were builders, you might not be a master builder, but you're. But you're gonna do it at some point. At carpentry and you're... than the average, you know, yeah. like um, yeah. And when I when I did the teachers course, the um, lecturer in music said, you know, like. To all the people who are training to be music teachers mm. she said hands up who's done some teaching and everyone put their hands up and she made the point that no other subject has that response rate mm. like if you do music you also teach music, everyone who's done music has taught music and it's yeah. like right yeah. down to if you do violin in groups the kids who are like three years older yeah. will be given their little kids you know taking through their scales yeah, yeah. or whatever like it's just like totally musician culture like if you're a geographer yeah you know and you went (coughs) to the you know first lecture it was like hands up who's done some teaching it's not going to be like that but musicians just are teachers like you know whether it's just teaching the fricking drummer where the stops are, I <laughs> well,
0: I was just, I was just sort of cringing, thinking. I was just sort of cringing, thinking as you were saying that. I was like, "Holy shit!" And you've heard me play drums. I was going to say, "Fuck, holy shit!" I've actually given drum lessons. Yeah. There you go. You yeah. know, I, I'm no great shakes as a musician, but yeah. I have actually taught yeah. people. You know, younger and worse than my problem. Don't know what I've taught them, but yeah. you know, you know. But I have. Uh, and it's kind of the same as sport, too. Mm. Like, you know, if you get in any good at sport, you tend to, well, quite often you, there's a coaching aspect yeah. of it that comes in. And that th- would be the other one, it? That was the case yeah. for me, and so I think that's why I felt comfortable giving people drum lessons for a little while, because whatever I might have lacked in, in technical ability, I was, I was teaching beginners for a start, so yeah. I, I, I hoped I was better than them for for long enough you know before I could refer them to someone else but I had coached sports so I could you know I had some of the um, you know ideas around teaching that you you pick up when you coach someone yeah yeah so you like teaching? yeah or you want to be back on the trains?
1: bit of both (laughs) <laughs> there are days, there are days when I miss the trains, but I mean things are changing there. The part, yeah. the state of play for part timers has changed, right? Quite drastically, and over the last few years, I I couldn't do the same kind of hours that I could yeah. have done before, so I kind of yeah. got um, out when I was got right out at the right time. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. And um, what? And so, how has teaching affected your musical? Uh,
1: productivity it's put a dent in the productivity eh but it's mostly about timing mm. like i'm not more knackered mm. um or anything it's mostly just having the time to muck around that's mm. the thing i probably write seriously right at about the same rate but i muck around heaps less mm. and it's um that's the thing i miss you know, like Noodling yeah, yeah Just a bit of a Because it's
0: Because mucking around uh, Sounds terrible um, no. But again With music It doesn't at all Like no, I mean, yeah. I mean it, With writing and stuff It can be very helpful As part of people's process um, But Certainly for musical writing it, Yeah It's a crucial part Of the endeavour Isn't it It's a
1: Yeah And I don't necessarily um, Most of the time If there's a song I'm going to write The idea pops into my head when I'm out of the house, it's mm. not when I'm sitting around noodling that I come up with this great idea yeah. or whatever. Yeah. But it's just like it's just like compost, really. Just <laughs> you gotta keep like making weird noises and recording them, and then like yeah. testing back was that anything good. And most of the time it wasn't.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's yeah. like
1: when that Those little glimmers. when a good one strikes, yeah. it's usually because of all that. Exactly. You know, And then you're looking for a middle eight or something. You're Like, yeah. oh, was that thing I was mucking around with on that? Yeah. Stink could song? that go here? I'll steal that. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Yeah. And you've got... I mean, what else are you doing? You've got... You've been... um, You've been involved with Gold Medal Famous for
1: a while. Yeah. Chris was saying Gold Medal Famous is due its 10th anniversary. Yeah, I was just
0: going to say. It must Um, be
1: a decade. Yeah. And
0: have you been part of that all the time? No. No. I think there was about a year when it was Chris
1: and various other collaborators. Yeah. And then he was between jobs for a while and I was still working on the railways. So, Mm. um he needed something to stop and go nuts while he was looking for work and um, what we had in common was music and free time so he used to just come around we did um, yeah we just developed a really great way of working together straight away like Chris would come around we did this probably the most chilling song recording recorded in New Zealand it's called Kindling and it's Chris out the back of my flat in uh, Mount Cook at the time um, chopping wood with an axe, yeah. and he's screaming mundane conversational snippets <laughs> like at the top of his lungs. It's mm, terrifying, mm. and he's chopping this wood, and he, he'll be screaming like, "How was your day?" But you yeah. know, in a real yeah. mental breakdown kind of way. Yeah, um, I probably recorded about fifteen minutes of that. <laughs> And then just uh, field recording, you know, took it in my bedroom and yeah. put heaps of delay on it. So should we put a techno beat behind this and see what it's like? Um, and it's just, it was just always a really yes relationship, which no. is the opposite of everything else. So like, when you do pop songwriting, mm. you're just saying no all the time, mm. like to yourself and to all the people that you work with, you know, well, saying like, no, I know- don't slap that C-tar solo on, like. I know yeah, Chris
0: a little bit and yeah. I, I have um, respect for where he's coming from in terms of a lot of his, his taste and ideas but I, I, I don't know him hugely well but yeah. you know we, he's the sort of guy if I see him out in town we have a chat Yeah. and we've interacted online and stuff and, and I sort of have some idea I think about where he's coming from but yeah he strikes me as a person who is almost profoundly open to ideas because yeah. He, he understands his limitations in a technical capacity, right?
1: Yeah. Um, and he's probably... He's the non-musician that yeah. I've had the longest sort of working relationship yeah. with um, without getting frustrated. Yeah. Because it's never... There's a lot of people who are non-musicians who are really arrogant about it. Well, like, that, yeah, I think, must be allowed to be crap. Yeah. Um, well, do you think part of it like, is that they
0: think... That I think a lot of non-musicians... And, if they do it for any length of time, I think they think that means they're a musician, right? You know, like I think that might be part of the problem there. Like, and that's where I think he's, and I, I don't know how grounded he is in other aspects of his life because I don't know him well enough. But I think that's one area where he knows exactly what he's trying to, to explore.
1: Yeah, and he's also like phenomenally good. I mean, yeah. if you uh, if you ask any musician who's worked with Chris, oh, yeah. and there are dozens, and yeah. they're all amazing musicians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all of us are scratching our heads, going like. He can't sing or play.
0: Yeah.
1: He's just really good at music. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it was, so it was the combination of that weird talent he has for, yeah, well, for making kind of like, music without being able to make music.
0: He's kind of an right. eternal student of it, though, right? Like, yeah. He's at you know, he's at every gig or every second yeah, gig, and he's, and he's right up the front, and yeah. he's uh, processing it, analysing it, and he's done the research beforehand. He'll... he'll go and find out about someone because they're coming to town and want to go and see them and yeah. you know I've had conversations with them at gigs and it's a, it's, a, it's a pleasantly intense experience because yeah. it's someone who's um, done the work yeah. or is doing the work and you know and I guess on some level I've been a little bit like that because I've kind of had to like yeah. I go to shows that I don't necessarily choose to go to say and so you do a little bit of background on them and that so it's quite interesting to meet and talk with people who are going to it with sometimes some of the same yeah sorts sort of angles you
1: know but yeah so um Gold Medal Famous is just the the band that always says yes yeah it's, that's yeah. what's cool. yeah so then it's just like will will we will this song be me chopping things with Max and screaming yes yeah you know shall we shall we just have lots of triangle in here yes <laughs> yeah you know my yeah. mate's got a koto can we use it yes like um yeah and that's um that's been the intense pleasure of working with those folks for that mm, time. Mm. Tamson joined about seven years ago.
0: Mm. So it's been quite, sure, a, so. quite a quite se- a So
1: the three solid of us are lineup. pretty stable. Yeah, 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 yeah. stable band really. You found
0: yeah. your um, working groove and Yeah.
1: Um, and I mean the outputs a very prolific. Phenomenal. Um, group. Yeah. You know, say nothing yeah. of the quality, but. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think
0: you know, and I guess maybe this <clears throat> is part of it, right? Like, uh, uh, when you, I, I was sort of a believer that um, being super prolific. Yeah. Ends up being its its own version.
1: Quantity has a quality.
0: All that's of its exactly own. it. You know, yeah. it ends up being its own version of of a quality. Just sheer number can mean a lot. Mm. You know Of course it can it does in almost any other You know In any other Sort of capacity
1: Well the last Gold Medal Famous album Or the the latest one To come out We actually Adopted a method And and it slowed us down Like Right So We had this idea Chris has this pile of toys That make horrible noises And the idea was We'd just record all of his toys Making all these horrible noises Hmm and then we were only allowed to make a new song for the album out of those things that we were... Because we had about yeah. 12 tracks, for ages. Yeah. And then I'd have to go through and find a sample that sounds a bit like a kick drum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. kick or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, and then it'd be like something... some synthesizer squealing as it dies, you know, and that can be the riff for this song. <laughs> um, yeah. But just because that was the only way that we could make a song for the new album. Yeah. It took us a whole year. Yeah, yeah. And um I mean we we're pleased with the end result, but we were all outraged at like <laughs> taking us album. <laughs> it's a not year supposed to, to take do this album. We've normally done four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 we did a metal album quicker than we like just yeah. for just for shits and giggles. Mm. Quicker than we did our last proper album. Um You know, and that was restricted by having to be something like metal. Mm. Um, But yeah, we're back off the we're we're on (laughs) back on the straight and narrow now, just making completely random crap. Yeah, Um, yeah, (laughs) yeah.
0: And um, so you've 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 operated under the name Vaughan as a band name for your whole. Yeah. solo career in inverted commas because it is very much a band you write the material yeah yeah it's it's hard to know if it's um you collaborate with people and that they bring their skills yeah. to it and they interpret but you're the writer you're the principal writer
1: yeah yeah it's hard to know if I should be embarrassed or not I think mm-hmm. I mean when I did the first two albums I was all by myself mm-hmm. I and mean, that was fine calling it Vaughan yeah the third album Thunk I recorded it most of it by myself. But the drummer from Dangerpin, Declan, who went on to drum with Vaughn for quite a while, he helped me out with some recording. Mm. So it was already a bit bandy. And the idea with that CD was to put a band together, show mm. people a CD, mm. say, do you want to play in this band? Mm. Play these songs. Um, so that was how that started. And then, I don't know. I've, it's a can of worms, Simon. I mean, like, there's a... a Because there's kind of a lie about bands, yeah, and there's a lie about singer-songwriters, and they're the opposite lies, you know? I mean, the lie about singer-songwriters is that they did it all themselves, and it was all their idea. Yeah. Then the lie about bands is that they're, like, in any way democratic. Like, I mean, there's so much personality, Mm -hmm. you know, and, like, songs generally are written by one person, Mm -hmm. sort of. You know, like, there's all those there's, Wikipedia uh, scholars who've gone back through the Beatles catalog and gone, yeah. actually, that's a John song. Like Yeah, you well, you can tell...
0: You, you pretty much can tell from listening to them what they are. Every yeah. every now and then you could be a little bit surprised. Yeah, maybe, like
1: if John writes a good one.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Certain, Sorry, Mr. McCleary. <laughs> certainly after 1966, that's the case. Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But, um... But, yeah, I... I, I you know, um... There's always I think there's a kind of key concept to us to any one song, right? And that key concept, um, is usually almost always created by one person and one person only. Yeah. So there are, again with the Beatles there are those great examples of Paul helping John out to finish something and vice versa. Yeah. John suggesting a killer line. Or, yeah. But but that's editing. Yeah. You know, that's not writing, that's editing. That's that's you know, writers tear something off the printer or, or send it to someone now and ask for a second opinion on it, and yeah. they want a close reader. That's, that's that kind of thing. That yeah. happens a lot in songwriting.
1: The other thing that can happen, although I've never been in a band where it happened, is the kind of corporate model where the drummer just does the drums and the bass player yeah. just does the bass and the guitar player just does the guitar yeah. and the singer just does the sing and then, like, they call that democracy, whereas yeah, it, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. actually just an office job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I kind of I th- I think that's how Rage Against the Machine make them. They're like the classic band for yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. You sort of picture them all just being in the room and you just go, well, I'm doing this! Yeah, like, totally. Okay, buddy.
0: Or Primus. <laughs> you know, there was that great... I mean, I, I love Primus, but it's a bit of a guilty pleasure thing now, I yeah. think, to admit to that. But I think it was Primus, there was a great review where it said um, Primus features... Three of the greatest instrumentalists working, they should do everyone a favor themselves and everyone a favor and go and join three different bands, you know. <laughs> like, and it, that if it wasn't about Primus, yeah. it, it should be, and it could be about many other, yeah, you know, totally. bands as well.
1: Um, but yeah, so uh, yeah, so when Vaughan started to be a band, I mean, we for years. It was always Vaughn and the something or other, isn't it? Right. Um, uh, The fourth album's actually called Vaughn and The. And we used to change the name Mm. every time. Yeah. And that was mostly thanks to uh, Adrian McKenzie, Dr. Strange Glove, who was Mm. the keyboard player and master of ridiculous puns. Um, And so he would just be able to come up with a great band name Mm. all the time. Mm, mm. And that's what it was. Mm. And the idea was for them to have an identity. Like they weren't just, it's not just me. And that's kind of how it was in Practice Room as well. I mean, I do... I've got a very... Uh, I've got a good idea about what the song... Where it wants to go. But that's not exactly the same as You Have to Play This. Like, yeah, I yeah. kind of know what I don't want. Yeah. But I might not necessarily know yeah. exactly what so I it's do like, want. Like.
0: Don't put a fucking reggae beat on this. Yeah, 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 yeah. But...
1: Within the realm But of do
0: put thing. anything else on
1: it. You know, that, <laughs> that,
0: that, that could be a decision. For example. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah,
1: yeah. And it was probably more narrow than that with some songs and mm. less, less narrow with others. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's not a... It was never democratic, and I hope anyone from the band who might weirdly be listening because they want to hear the sound of my voice for longer, you know, <laughs> isn't... <laughs> isn't feeling offended or anything. But, I mean... I was always happy to wear being the guy who says, no, yeah, you can't yeah. do that. Yeah. Because actually, it's really unpleasant being that guy and it's it's more unpleasant being the guy mm. than, um, than being but, the guy who comes up with a great idea that gets shot down, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. But um, you're fronting was, the whole thing too, yeah. sense, too. It does come back to that. But they're playing like, point, like I'm, I'm just some twat yeah. with a guitar if they're not there like so it, it's important to recognize that like yeah, with, yeah. The, with the band yeah. like we make this awesome music and without the band like I'm just some prick with like you know a six string and a hot cake you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> here's a song I wrote in my bedroom so like you gotta It's it's there's the social aspect Which is you got to recognise That you're doing this with people
0: Yeah
1: um, And then there's the kind of artistic thing Which is like Songs Songs really have minds of their own And it kind of It doesn't even matter what I think mm. You know it, The song knows where it wants to go And I'm kind of just trying to Listen to it mm. You know mm. And if I have to be the person Who, who steps in the way and says oh, I don't think the song wants that Then you know that's That's how that is But I kind of don't mind And it's not That makes it sound like We are often Having lengthy conversations About how the song Should go Mm. You know But most of the time If someone can think Of something better It's so obvious That it's better (laughs) I'm not gonna like throw my toys. Yeah, yeah, don't make yeah. my song better, you wank. Like so, it's it's mostly just I go. This is how it goes, mm. and someone goes. You sure you don't want it like that? Mm. I'm like, actually, yeah, that's better. Mm-mm. Do that, you know. So like, I mean,
0: it sounds like from what you're saying there, and also from <clears throat> knowing, seeing you guys play, uh, watching the new thing we'll talk about in a minute, and um, and and you know, just knowing your music. Uh, uh, it feels to me like there's a pretty healthy respect between you and the people helping you make the music that you that you understand what the roles are, though. Yeah. Like, so, you know, as you say, there is this kind of misleading thing about a band, about the democracy of it, but it does sort of sound like you've got a, a healthy respect and understanding for what everyone brings to it Yeah. and what your prime role is.
1: What I'm, what I'm going to argue is that by sticking my name on the tin of disguised... What's Actually a Democracy as a Dictatorship? <laughs> and there are a lot of other bands that start with the and yeah. with S yes. and they're disguising a dictatorship as a democracy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 but <laughs> your mileage may vary. Yeah, yeah. So do you want to talk about the new thing? Yeah, um, yes. The new thing is um, inspired by. I was at a gig. I did it. The last album that we did was like a real fucking album, like it's got. When th- was that? The twenty fourteen. Yeah, yeah. More songs about yeah. girls in the apocalypse, yeah. and it's got um. It's a
0: busy, intense yeah. album. It's great. Like yeah. it's full of great songs, but it's 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 a heavy lift, right?
1: Yeah. And it's got um, it's got a musical theme. Like it's got a little tune that pops up in like seventy percent of the songs, mm. and it's got lyrics that talk back and forth between the songs. Mm. And the whole thing was like a um, it was the vinyl idea. It was like the the concept album mm. idea. Not that there was a really a concept to the album, but like here is a group of songs that are tied yeah. together, musical thread. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, by themes musical themes and Mm, musical themes and they mm, all go on this round piece of plastic mm. yeah they've been put together for a reason yeah Um, and then I was at some gig you know trying to hock CDs afterwards and um, someone came up was very complimentary about the music and then said you know I was like oh do you want a CD and he was like I have nothing in my house that could play a CD and you know once my laptop dies which is not too distant future Mm um that's gonna be true of me as well yeah yeah yeah. i'm like what am i have i've suddenly gone into the cd selling business
0: i play cds in the car you know i've got i mean people will say people will say to me i still get people approaching me and wanting to send me their album to review and they'll say do you want a cd or you know do you just want a link or whatever and if they're offering a CD, in, in a lot of cases I'll take it because I do do a lot of listening in the car and it's a good place to yeah. to listen. And then I'll obviously load it to my computer and have it there too. Hmm. But I'm never offended by someone saying, I had, I can't afford to post you a CD, yeah. I haven't made a CD. You know, it used to be, I used to think it was a good requirement and it used to be like, I remember... I remember having this thing where someone got, I can't remember who it was, but they got quite shitty with me that uh, they sent me a download link to their album. And then when I wrote a review that was fairly complimentary, I don't know if it was the artist or the record label, but they got in a big tiz that I didn't talk about their innovative packaging. And I was like, you didn't fucking send it. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and so that's what I've, that's what I've, so then I started answering that question because people would go, do you need the CD? Do you want to see the packaging? Yeah. And so I would say, if the packaging, if it's important
1: yeah. to you... If you're going to yell at me for yeah, not reviewing if it's it, important, please send If, it if me. it's
0: important for you that the packaging be judged and possibly come up in a review, because, God, yeah. most times it won't. But if it is yeah. some, you know, clever thing that folds out into a fucking submarine and takes you away from the shitty album, then you might mention that. You know, that might be handy. But, yeah, so that's where I'm at with it. But, yeah, I'm running out of things to actually play a CD on.
1: Yeah, so then um, I sat with my head in my hands, thinking, well, I've I'm written, I've written a CD yeah. I really <laughs> like. Yeah. No one CDs anymore. But I mean, you know, I've been... It's not like it was... It's not like it was a lightning bolt from the blue. I've been thinking about albums my whole life, you know, and yeah, like yeah. that whole thing with vinyl and, the you know, that sort of 22 minutes either side yeah, yeah. kind of thing in there. Um the way that that's impacted on music or Mm. whatever. Mm. Um, Yeah, and all of the albums I'd done before had always been, you know, around CD length or around, like, vinyl length or whatever. And then I was just like, all of that's dead. What do people actually do? And, you know, if I'm somewhere actually listening to music, something that I've... Something interesting that I've seen is people just putting on a DJ set on YouTube. Yeah. So like you pick a DJ that you like. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it'll be their live set from like yeah, God knows where, like Atlanta or yeah. something, you know. Um. Then it'll just be forty-five minutes on this um, on this video, which you're obviously not watching because you're just putting on some music. Yeah. But it's the the person spinning discs, you know, and people mm. dancing, and occasionally you have hilarious, munters spilling over the decks or whatever. Yeah, yeah, mostly yeah. Mostly it's just listening to music. Yeah. Um, yeah and I was like oh a band could do that we could do a DJ set Um, you know and we could just video it and then we put it on YouTube and that's the thing and so that's been the, the last project so we just stopped writing songs and started writing sort of grooves (laughs) (laughs) grooves <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i love how you i
0: love how you didn't want really to say it. To say but just, but i think you know i mean i've i've watched and listened to it and that it, they are it is very much a groove centered composition or set of compositions it yeah. is a it is it is very groove linked
1: yeah
0: and groove is the word because um that's what it does yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, um, and so it's taken
0: ages. <laughs> you're not being you're not being gonna be forever judged as you know. Did you fail the funk test <laughs> after this? And I could tell that that's what you were sort of sitting going, oh, like you know, like it's not,
1: you know. Yeah, um, the less I say about groove, the better I think. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, so that was the that was the concept basically. So we we wrote these. Grooves, <laughs> and then we, is that what we call? How the, dare you? Do we call the <laughs> grooves? <laughs> That's not a groove. Uh, yeah, and then we just um, mucked around with them for ages, and from the time this there's, there's basically sort of nine things you might call a song mm. in the piece. Nine shifts. Yeah, and from the time that we had three or four, we started trying to work out how to run one into the other. Um, and so we've spent most of the time Working on the transitions Because the mm, song is mm. Once the song's going It's not even a song like mm. it is, I mean that's what's great about grooves. Once mm. it's going it's just going to go Yeah So you're really worried about How you get into the next one Yeah um, So we spent the better part of a year And a bit in the practice room Trying to get one song mm. To turn into another one
0: Mm. Um, and how to best do that without sounding at all like Mike
1: Oldfield? Yeah, so, you know, which which you did pass that test. <laughs> now, Mike Oldfield is a man who knows something about groove.
0: Mm. Well, p- Maybe how to spell it,
1: <laughs> <laughs> which is the first letter. <laughs> Um, yeah. So and then um, so the idea was always to go into the studio and record it and video it at the same time and mm. make a recording and a video, and uh, mostly for reasons of budget and partly for reasons of what I think is important. We've put tons of effort into the sound and a lot less into the video. So we yeah. had. Uh, we had technical issues anyway with the videos running out of batteries and all that kind of thing. So what we have is a video that's made out of a few different takes, um, but a piece of music. But it presents yeah. pretty yeah, it's close to, to like, like It, it yeah.
0: presents pretty close. Like there's an artful deception there, obviously, but it's not, <clears throat> yeah. you know, you, I mean, you've just admitted to it. It presents like a live clip.
1: Yeah, it's supposed pretty, to look pretty well. Right. That like that was it, the, yeah. I- the idea yeah. was if we, yeah, if we'd had slightly more reliable tech, yeah. The idea was just to set the cameras up and let them roll, mm. and then it was just going to be a multi-camera edit. Mm. But it turned out um, between GoPros that um, would happily record fifteen minutes and no more, and the odd camera, you know, flapping mm. out here or there mm. or mm. whatever. It was just we had to go back to old footage to put it together. Yeah. What was amazing was none of the recording is done to a click track anywhere, because mm. um, that was just going to be too hard with the tempo shifts and stuff. Mm. Um, we went in on the day and recorded five takes, and the take five is the audio that you're hearing when you watch it. When I had to scour back through old takes for bits of footage, you know, to yeah, stick yeah, over yeah. patches where I didn't have a, a yeah. take five um, video or whatever. Like half the stuff matched pretty okay. Yeah, yeah. Which is freaky. Yeah. Really, if you think about like. No,
0: it's pretty. Imp- I mean, it's pretty impressive that that take of audio that you do hear. It's pretty. Um, seamless and switched on like it's it, it, it's got a really nice flow to it yeah and it does. it doesn't feel like over rehearsed you know it feels <laughs> no do you know what i mean like a, a correct a, in the correct way like it yeah. feels like you've got it down but it's not like you could do it with your eyes closed you know you're still everyone's still concentrating but nailing it
1: yeah Which i think it's really cool um yeah we're kind of um we wanted to go out and gig it a little bit before we recorded it, because that always sort of changes yeah. how you play and stuff. But then the problem was just expressing to anyone what the hell we were up to, you know, like, just to, in order to get a gig. Yeah. So in the end we decided we're just going to make the video, and then we can show people the video and go, mm. do you want us to come to your place and do and this? Do this. Um, yeah, and then, I don't know. It'd be neat if we... Um, got Super Flash to do a second run-through sometime, yeah. you yeah. know, after all the crap's been added. Yeah. Because now that we're not stressing out about, like, how we're going to record this thing... Yeah. We've gone back with the same material, and we're, like, trying to make it interesting for ourselves again, like, which was always the point. It was supposed yeah. to be jam bull. Yeah, yeah. But once you get in the studio, you're, like, far less inclined to jam when you have like, we've got a day to do a decent take of this thing. Maybe mm. I shouldn't just, like... Mm. Find the weirdest noise on my synthesizer and put my elbow on it for fifteen minutes <laughs> in the middle. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in the name of art, man. <laughs> um, the whole the the point was to have something fun to do live, mm. and we haven't even done it live yet. So having so you'll look forward to that. <laughs> yeah, first gig December sixteenth. Yeah, at Moon. Oh, cool. Um, so it's going to be the. Will you play the video behind you? Hilarious. You know, the when only person who will be in time will be the drummer. He's yeah. amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so we could play. It'd be it'll be a neat experience, actually, because you'd have Nick perfectly in time with the with Nick himself. on the video. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. three twats standing around him, just <laughs> <laughs> messing up, really. <laughs> um, you
0: know, he's pretty metronomic on that. He's mm. pretty pr- pretty spot on. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so that's going to occupy a bit of time for you in terms of, hopefully, in terms of that'll tra- that'll travel into next year. Yeah. Um, but have you got, I mean, what's happening with Gold Medal Famous and what's happening with anything else? Have you got anything else that's
1: bubbling away already? Yeah, so hopefully... I mean, the problem with... Um, there's been sort of a three-year gap between the last album and this one. Mm. And um, I put a lot of put a lot of everything into more songs about Girls in the Apocalypse basically and then I just kind of fell on my face afterwards I was just like knackered yeah um, and that was around the time that I s- started to uh, get a lot of gigs with the uh, Wellington Sea Shanty Society oh
0: yeah so, yeah tell me about that I mean I know a little bit, but we'll talk yeah. about that because that's yeah I forgot to bring it in.
1: Um Yes, yeah, so Lake I don't know if you you must be familiar with Urban Trampers yeah 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 have you heard the yeah. Lake South Stuff, yeah, like? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I'd sort of done gigs with him on and off for ages and ages. Yeah, yeah. He went over to France and he sang in the shanty band for a while when he was being a, an English teacher over in France. And mm. he came back, he was looking to do something similar. And I was the only person he knew who played accordion. Mm. So that was how I got drafted. But it was basically, um, it was meant to make some money for both of us. And the idea was how to play covers that don't make you feel sick to your stomach. <laughs> so, sort of an
0: um, anti ukulele orchestra.
1: <laughs> based on that That's <laughs> your concept Your argument is that the ukulele orchestra Sat down and said Let us play covers that make us feel sick to our stomach Well I think so yeah.
0: I, th- I mean based
1: on what I've heard Do you not feel that way? <laughs> I think so, I think that's exactly it I won't comment But um the, Yeah um, In so I mean Nothing to do with me In terms of what a great idea it was, but, mm. um, but it was a great idea. Mm. Um, and it's fun. Nice. I mean, that Urban Trampers stuff
0: is great. Lake is a genius. And yeah, 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 yeah. Lake is a. And the new album is, is
1: great too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I think it was really great for me seeing how he operates, but also. You know, about three hours ago, we were talking about the people at the music manager's forum saying, uh, so you should do this and you mm, should do mm. that. Like Better to listen to him. <laughs> well, no, Lake South is the genius of that stuff. Like, that man can hustle. And yeah. just watching him operate, organising tours and, like, knowing who to talk to about publicity and yeah. all of that stuff, and, and the music that he makes under currently like Lake South yeah 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 you know, it's just yeah that album's, really, that album's really
0: cool as well so. and
1: I think that's when I get a little bit um, get a little bit outraged when people say oh you should do X and Y mm. and Z mm. um, and you know Bob's your uncle it guarantees <laughs> it to succeed and I, I mean it's not that Lake's an unsuccessful musician Mm-mm. but the amount of between the talent that he wields, and the amount of effort that he has put in, yeah. in all the right ways. Yeah, um, he should be a And the million. the obscurity
0: that he languishes yeah. in,
1: <laughs> essentially. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, I, I wouldn't yeah. say he languishes in obscurity. I mean, he there are people who mm, you know mm. for whom Lake is their favourite musician. Sure. Like, um like he's not nothing. But no, no, is, no, 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 no. He is a walking testament to the fact that you can have all the talent in the world and do all the things that, the, do them right, that you and, should do. Yeah. And you are not necessarily going to be driving a Mercedes, you know, like, um, or even necessarily making rent every week or whatever. Well, you um,
0: have to have some, yeah. there still has to be some, you look at what really goes over, you still have to have some, Really great skill in underestimating how low the taste of the public can go. I thought, you know, really.
1: Yeah. But the, back to the Sea Shanties yeah, yeah, Society, yeah, yeah. He'd, yeah. Been, uh, he'd been making all this beautiful music forever mm. and not much money. Mm. And a good way to make money and music is covers, but he wanted to do something that, was, that you could do. You mm. Know? Mm. Um, yeah, and so he dug up all these old New Zealand Sea Shanties and we learned them up together. Then we did some of the French ones that he'd learned over in France. We did a, he got his French friends over, to mm. do a tour. So we did a joint tour with French and English sea shanties. And then we've been, we've been back to France twice to, play with them. We played mm. at France's biggest sea shanty festival, which was like, sea shanty Woodstock. Wow! It was like, <laughs> <laughs> if you can imagine, like a town about the size of Picton... yeah, like. But Frenchified, and Yeah, like
0: yeah. every
1: boat. And every single
0: person comes out for it.
1: Yeah. yeah. And every boat in the harbour is like a stage. So there's yeah. like people on the boats, like yeah. people on the jetties wow. watching. And then like the town square, basically, was like the main stage. Yeah. Like, you know, 12, probably 13, 15,000 people go through that thing. Like, it's massive. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we played at that. Um, yeah, played lots of good gigs around New Zealand and stuff yeah. as well. Like yeah um, and learned heaps of stuff I mean like when you we came at it totally for the reddit page for Wellington Sea Shanty Society has someone saying it's probably just a bunch of you know useless Wellington hipsters have perverted a Mm. great folk tradition and know nothing about it and I think that was probably true at the start but we've learned (laughs) was that written by someone who hadn't listened to it apparently yeah yeah Yeah. I think apparently was the word he used probably yeah yeah um yeah this probably sucks (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah yeah um yeah, but then you learn heaps because people come up to you after the gigs and go, Yeah, yeah. my uncle was on yeah, yeah, it's in the yeah. 50s, you know, and yeah. this is a song, well, why didn't you do that one? Yeah, and yeah, google it, my like, oh my god, like, yeah, next
0: time we will, yeah yeah, 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 wow. And so, what is that had a pin put in it, or is that
1: well, lakes in Canada, yeah, uh, but we're planning a reunion tour in 2018, yeah, probably summer of like end of, so yeah. Um, yeah, and through the generous help of the New Zealand French Friendship Fund, we've been able to uh, do two trips over to France, Yeah, and um, the uh, Croche de Don, the French band that we play with, um, they've been over here once, and we've been talking about, we've Last time we were over there, we recorded an album together. Mm. We've been talking about things to do with it, and an obvious thing to do with an Anglo-French sea shanty album might be to drag it around Canada. So, so watch the space. Hopefully, yeah. cool. that's that's what we're thinking of. Yeah,
0: today. cool. Um, and and anything else for you,
1: like? Um, so under cover of touring this thing that we're working yeah. on this time around, I hope to actually write some more stuff, which is. That's how. That's the trick to doing an album a year, which I had managed to mm. sort of keep doing for a while. It was like while you're playing the uh, the new stuff out, you're working on yeah the new stuff yeah and, yeah uh, yeah. You're sort of ready to go
0: and road testing it so that you yeah can get off the tour and record it yeah yeah yeah.
1: It's easy to it's easy to break your rhythm with that kind of thing yeah. So, um, yeah, so I've got a few songs that might make it onto whatever the new thing is, yeah. but I'm at least getting into writing some things. But yeah.
0: you've been quite um, rigid with the album format. I mean, obviously, this new thing we just talked about it break, yeah. breaks that, but album length. Yeah, I mean, gold medal fav- famous pump out EPs and stuff. Yeah, but you haven't done a Vaughan EP um, any time recently, at least. No. That might be something for 2018. Yeah, well, I've
1: got this... um, I've got this sly desire to do something really bogan-rocky. Just a little tribute to my Taranaki roots. Mm. (laughs) But um, I don't think I could stretch it over an album. Um, Yeah, so maybe... Maybe, yeah. Ten inch lathe
0: been, ten inch yeah. lathe cut ten would suit the up. I think would uh, <laughs> six, three three tracks per side or two yeah, tra- yeah, two yeah. to three tracks per side ten like like 20... inch clear lathe cut that nothing's more bogan than that right oh, like, that's genius like, There you yeah. go um, You can pay me later for that one <laughs> 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 I can I can wait <laughs> name, name. Stoner stone
1: rock ten inch will come out in uh, <laughs> in twenty eighteen Yeah yeah and you'll be credited.
0: Well, I look forward to that. Um, anything else we need to, to do?
1: Um, no, I guess just thanks for having me very much, Simon. And oh. um, if this goes out before December 16th, come to the gig at noon. Yeah, it'll definitely go out before um, then. And if it's after November the 3rd, watch the video.